back to the shack. And as Mr. Loggins would say, nothing suits me better than that. And also, if time has taught me anything, you've got to learn to be the ball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Comedy Shack. Um, I am your host, Joey Harris, and doing things a little bit differently tonight. And um, I'll tell you why. Uh, there's been a lot of things happening in my life lately. As always, one of the most positive aspects of my life has been this show. I look forward to doing it each and every Saturday night is when we record live. Of course, you can always get it later uh, on demand from blogtalkradio.com. But I decided to forego the traditional opening and the things that I do, uh, the jokes and the recommendation as well as the trailblazer. Uh, it's pretty much all main story tonight. The reason I'm doing this is last week's episode was episode 26 of the show. I've been doing it since the second Saturday, February of this year. And 26 shows have happened in 16 in a year, of course. And I was thinking, if you're thinking seasons, you know, most shows don't do 26 shows. When TV first started out, they did 30-plus shows. Um, I think on one of my favorite shows, I've talked about it on the Comedy Chat before, is in uh, the Andy Griffith show. I think when they ended, they had finally gotten it down to 30 shows per season. But um, let's say a season had 26 shows. That means I've done... A full season of the Comedy Shack, um, and so look at this. I'm looking at it as still year one, but season two, and I look at that as time to reset the deck, as, as, along with other things um, that have been happening in my life lately. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so for those of you who Maybe just catching on and can't get all of the older shows. Most of them, I believe, the majority of them, all except the first two or three, are on the uh, Blog Talk radio site. And I'm sure if I dig and talk with TJ, I can come up with the first couple. The first one was really bad. Um, I was nervous, but I fumbled through which is what I pretty much do for every one of these. I've gotten better, I feel. But there's always room for improvement. But for those of you first um, tuning in tonight or maybe caught on and don't know everything tonight, it's, it's going to be one of those things. You know, I've always wanted to be interviewed by Larry King or Charlie Rose, any Oprah or any famous interviewer, and it's going to be really me kind of interviewing myself, but really talking about my life and the different things that have led me here to this point in my life. It's, it's been a really blessed life, full of the ups and downs, and that's the way all of life is. So let's get into it, uh, shall we? This is a few lines my name is Joseph Carol Harris. 
my first name Joseph comes from my dad's uncle. I was named Joseph at the end. Carol is my middle name. My dad's first name. He got it from his grandmother's last name. I know there's a at least one song about where I'm from. Uh, parents give the children grandmother's last names. But I forget like what happened. For my dad, uh, he's named Carol, just like the uh, famous actor Carol O'Connor. That's my dad's first name. Um, from a small town in North Carolina, Macon. North Carolina is extremely small. Most people I hear, uh, they, they hear Macon, they all that think Macon, Georgia, has to be the most famous Macon that there is, probably. But, uh, they're both named after the same man. He's actually from Macon, North Carolina. Extremely small town. Uh, about 150 people in the town proper, plus the outside uh, outlying area. You know, um, it's just a, a cast of characters, but it's where I'm from and it's, it's where I grew up and where I'm comfortable in the Broadcasting from uh, tonight. Growing up, I had the, the, the normal childhood. I guess I was about maybe nine, ten. I found what I wanted to do with my life. I know some people say that. You can change your mind, which is fine. You can change your mind a hundred times, but Eventually, you should probably settle. I really wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I've seen stand-up comedians. I mean, Eddie Murphy had comedy specials. I wasn't able to see them. I didn't know that they were there. Bill Cosby, who I, I talked about last week, speaking of which, we'll get more into it next week. Last week, uh, the Mount Rushmore of comedy I got a lot of great feedback. I'll go over some of the people's responses that I got uh, next week. I talked about Bill Cosby, the himself album. But Bill Cosby was also on my television. I thought the calls he did an actor, they let me say those things on stage. I didn't know to be. Uh, stand up comedians until the show Full House came out and the character Joey on there was a stand up comedian. And I remember talking and seeing that and turning to my dad and saying, I want to be a stand up comedian when I grow up. And my dad said, You'll start today. But that's okay. It's okay. Because my dad was just looking out for me. He didn't want me to start the death. You see me. I'm a bigger guy. I doubt that I would start the death. But regardless of this. Uh, so. I had to put kind of put comedian on the back burner. Wouldn't be what I had to put comedian on the back burner. Um, but I had a normal childhood. 
I talk about this stuff because it's important to me. It's part of my life. It makes up who I am. It makes up how I look at the world and how I react to the world. I have the world react back to me. And that shapes my comedy. Plus, getting it out there and there's less stigma attached to it. And less stigma attached to something is good. I'm a big proponent in getting things out, getting felt. You'll see more instances of that coming up. But I just did not want to have anything to do with the with school or with that teacher. Uh, so moving on from that, um, part of my comedy is, and it's been, I've done it many times. I'm almost to the point where I don't really do it anymore, not that I perform a lot on stage. In fact, it's been a while since I performed on stage. But one of the first comedy bits that I did or something I did on stage was about my birthday. I have two sisters. Our birthdays are all during the same week in January, 16th, 18th, and 20th of January. And we count backwards nine months of January to April, which is my mom's birthday, and now you know what my dad's mom's birthday. A very quick, less drawn out part of that story. There's more to it. Yeah, you draw things out the class. But um, every week of January, I was the second child. I was the classic middle child and only boy. Something happened. I probably did it. You know, I'll, I'll say that straight out. My younger sister Amber was not playing the back of my mom had me. They had one of each boy and girl. And so my mom had her tubes tied. They become untied. And nine years later, I have a younger sister split our birthdays right in the middle of my 16th, that was the 20th, and the split us right in the middle on the 18th, so yeah, 15, 18, 20. Um, another facet to my life, you know, it's, it's really funny, is girls. I've always liked girls. I went from not really knowing who girls were, not really being around girls, it's not girls I really grew up with. Some family friends, uh, but that was it. You know, my cousin, aunt, family friends, people that you knew. So you got really girls my age. They not really know what girls are. First day of kindergarten, to liking the girls. Girls were pretty. I never went through that really girl hating thing. I pretended that I hated girls, but pretend, believe me, really all that it was. So I had crush. Oh. I had the question with little blonde girl. I think Africa there was in the dark. I she not remember looking like so much. She moved away after kindergarten. Though. I think it broke my heart for all of about three minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're six years old, polite. And I moved on to another girl. And I kept the crush on her for about four years. Well, she was pretty. Still is. Is married today. I think that he's a two or three little boy. So, that's the way life works. But all the crushes I've had since, 
go where my heart wants to lead me. I fall for people like a rock. But, you know, you go through all that. But I'm going to comfort Bobby, you know. You like a girl, and it doesn't really matter. At least to me, it didn't matter if she might be back or not. If she would talk to me about five that, I didn't know that five girls, you know, being jealous, like but uh, I didn't expect girls to like me back. Always had problems with my self image. You know, I would get to that in a But, you know, if occasionally they would talk to me, I was fine with that. A couple times growing up, you get a foot. We've all got books to the world. The mind would be an happy feelings for somebody who didn't reciprocate those feelings back. And liking somebody else. I'm pretty much of the mind that if you like me, like If you don't like me, don't like me. What I don't want it's for you to parade like somebody else when I've always found that plastic. And it's happened. It's happened in my life. So, let's say about that, the better. But, wear my heart on sleeves, and I've always liked him. Now, growing up, and still today, uh, do a little yoga. I uh, love to take walks as my main form of exercise. I've got to get back to a stricter exercise regime as well as the stricter in my diet a little bit more. I've uh, kind of gotten away from that lately. But beyond the walking slash maybe a little jogging and a little yoga, I've got a thimble pool of athletic ability. Regardless of that, I did play five years of rec ball. Three years of t-ball and a couple of years of what they call TV ball. And some good fond memories of that. I can get into ball stories and be a whole entire single one night. I was so take me out to the ball game. And they said, I'll take you out to the ball game. But I enjoyed my five years. Beyond that, I was happy to, you know, there's nothing to going out to see in a baseball game live. All baseball game live was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm a huge major league baseball fan. Prefer to watch the games live instead of on TV. I, I really want to watch TV. Uh, baseball games when it gets to be the playoffs and the, the World Series. I call it fall baseball. It's what I love the most. But I enjoyed playing my five years of rec ball, and that's how I met my best friend. He and I were on the same uh, rec team my final year PB. I showed up late, practice with Dad, was running behind, and dropped me off. It was late practice. You had to run the bases. 
And so I did my base room and then went set off to one side to play catch with this guy who didn't ring it up, didn't move all that far from me. He seemed to know all about me and where I was from, and I maybe just got bored one night and he teased and called me brother. And um, we became friends ever since. And by the way, he never shied away from that name, and it's been mainly to get him out of this and his family. And then he was really young, and everybody around here, that's what they know him by. Not where so much where he lives now, but he never shied away from it. We went to a conference one time, and we were in a uh, conference hall packed full of uh, young people, and we were talking to the uh, Attorney General of North Carolina, where I'm from. At the time, he later became governor for eight years. My dream. Bubba stood up, and he said, "What's your name?" Young man, and he said, "You can call me Bubba." So. Uh, that's part of Bubba's personality. The, the, I said he didn't brand ever since. That was part of what solidified our friendship. Uh, first five years, I went to a private school. After that, school didn't have enough students. We shut down. The only other really alternative was the local public school, elementary school. It was about four miles down the road. And my sister Amber was staying with a woman who lived about a quarter of a mile up from the school. So when my parents took Amber to daycare, they dropped me off at school. Now, most of the time, coming back, I didn't have a ride. So I had to ride the school bus home. And the school bus was a little overcrowded because I had to cover about a 20 mile outward radius on a school bus to go an hour home, had to go almost to the lake and back to drop off people. I was stuck on a seat with Bubba, this other guy named Antonio, who said, you can call me Ricky. So I was, uh, Bubba had the window seat. I was big man, I'm big now, but that's the biggest guy I can have. It stuck me in the middle, and Ricky was a little skinny fellow. Uh, he was on the outside, but he got off first. Didn't make much sense to me, but for am I to argue? Ricky had precedent. So, for the first few stops, Ricky was about fourth or fifth to be dropped off. I sat between him and Bubba and had to entertain them. So, I guess my career as a comedian kind of began then because I had to keep both of them entertained. And then when Ricky got off the bus, I kept Bubba and the people around me in the scene for about 45 more minutes until I got off and then Bubba got off right after. He was the next stop after. So, then that is how I got there. Now, I, like I said earlier, come from a small town making North Carolina the late author Reynolds Price is also going to make South State home about a quarter of a mile away from me. Uh, I could see it if I just went down the street a little ways and making headers on Catholic characters. And I told a friend of mine 
earlier this week, we even had a talent drum. I'm not going to disparage him or his memory. He did a good job. I'm not going to miss his name in public, but he wouldn't have heard a fly. He would just, you know, he wouldn't imbibe in public, really. He, he may have had the wine. He'd keep it in a bottle or beside it. He might drink, but I don't think he would ever come out of public, you know, to say, all right, now, wait a second, ask after you, just say, oh, the oak tree wouldn't harm a wouldn't harm a fly. And I can tell you, it's sad that when he passed away in August of 2000. So, um, that was that. Growing up, uh, my parents never really pushed it on us, but they kind of nudged us toward being in church. I most attended church growing up, like I said, they wouldn't push it if we didn't want to go. We didn't have to go. Our parents went. And they would go, and I went further and went more to um, to go and with, with see people. And got more involved in the youth group. And then when I was a teenager, met a pastor who changed my life. And at that point, um, 20 years ago, this past July, I rededicated my life to his Christ. I haven't always been Christian. I realize that faith is one of those things that is very private to understand that. But I do profess with my mouth and believe in my heart. Jesus Christ is my Savior. I, I am a Christian and try to live a Christian life. I don't always believe that's where I fit out. Hired by Grace to do that. So, I'm not going, this isn't going to become the old time preaching hour. Don't think that, but I, I can't go from here and claim that I'm something that I, that I didn't want to get that out of the way. So, I mentioned earlier that, you know, being a Christian. Walking that path, trying to do this right. Also, always watching girls. Uh, I've had some issues. I think I'm an okay looking guy, not a Brad Pitt or George Clooney or insert into. I'm not a team. I, I, I do okay. I'm not a team. But I have had weight issues my entire life. And I've gone up and down. More back, new sun, more back, up, down, fluctuate. You name it, I've tried it. I've done the diet. Done the, the acting, the portion control as much as I can. Uh, Any kind of diet. I read one. This crazy diet that somebody tried. That they only eat one meal a day. Usually dinner, but for um, 
the rest of the time, the current pain's already served. You know, breath is like, I have something now to kind of curb the, the, the craving that I did that for a while and almost lost my mind. I'm sure I was fortified with breath. But I've done the diet. I also bought stupid things called like a water bell. Water weight, sensing it around the middle. And one summer, I just get water off. I took some trash back. Got a poncho out of the board under my clothes. All stupid things. That's me to lose some weight. You know, do some, you know, find a nutritionist, consult your doctor, look it up, get informed. Don't do the stuff that I did. To drive yourself crazy. I know. Almost drove myself crazy. But I finally made it up and made it through and made my way to college. And now, after college, I was finally coming into my own. Um, I made a lot of friends that I still have to this day. You know, a lot more people, you know, acquainted with the great things like Facebook, Twitter, and even email, but I tell you something, folks. Just a little, little piece of advice from me to you. I had a wonderful English professor, uh, Dr. Uh, Christian, who said to us, you know, this email is a wonderful thing. This class is more like the discussion than lectures. We would talk, and it was just, you know, he just, he enjoyed that. He thrived off of that. Um, yeah, email is a wonderful thing. It allows us to communicate regularly. Long distance is very quick, but there is nothing quite like receiving a letter, a handwritten letter from somebody. And so I ask you all to write a letter this year, for the rest of this year. We've got a few months left. We've got about uh, four and a half months left in the year. Write a letter and send it. Let's see how that makes you feel. Maybe you'll get a letter back. I always enjoy getting letters from the mail, especially from college. But I finally came into my own love, too, because I found uh, something you may not think is right, fair, good, whatever. But it worked for me, and it, it's worked for me. Um, and that's finding love of life, starting relationships. That cut down on some of the anxiety that I had and had. Able to step back in person and put yourself out there. No pain. I'm getting rejected face to face. I did that down a lot of success. Even thought I found the one. She was the one for a long time. The girl that I would eventually marry. But more than that. I did graduate with a degree, communications degree. And I've worked in communications as a result of that. 
I've done some TV production work. Um, a story I'll share one time. This woman was said to be one key candidates for the talk show job. I'll tell that story. So I did TV production for that uh, pilot, which I'm always very successful. I've worked in radio for about five months. Um, that was different. We get to Christmas time, I'll tell some radio stories, but the two are intertwined in my mind. Christmas, that, uh, my, that short stint in radio, and I've done some work for newspapers. So I have worked in my chosen field, which is a lot more than some people can say. Uh, when I left college, I didn't have a plan. I didn't even have a plug. Phoebe said one time on Friends. Uh, so I left school and I moved back to Megan, living with my parents. The cycle continues to this day. More about that. But I had trouble finding work. The cycle continues there. All that in a minute. Finally got a job through my grandfather. Working secure now. I won't say it's a glamorous job, but it's a security job. I have a lot of respect to the officers, but they get a lot of crap. They're targeted. You think about it. When things go terrible, you usually blame them, but you call them at the same time. Things are going fantastic. You don't even see the part of the background. But a good security officer's work is a way to go. So I wasn't a great position I held it for a couple of years, but looking back, I really enjoyed that time. A um, very special time. My beloved grandfather, uh, my papa, who passed away uh, in 10 years ago this past May. Uh, but he was a character we talked about. I went to a cousin's birthday party today. We talked about him a day there.
into the teaching profession first at a community college, which I really enjoyed doing that with students, old students by and large, and wanted to learn. Then uh, I was on a short-term contract there, one semester, and I did some substitute teaching, really enjoyed that. Applied for and received my teaching certificate, sent out uh, resumes all over the state. Didn't hear anything, didn't do anything, but as they, you know, as it happened, that you, you don't hear anything, you don't hear anything, and all of a sudden you And I got two officer interviews the same day, and then both chose the one that I liked most, moved there. And it was a hard year, though, off that. I'd just been married a year and I moved there and found out I didn't enjoy teaching day to day. It just was my opinion. Teaching again, it's very, very noble profession. You know, people who are teachers are, are great. Most of them deserve everything that they want in life because I couldn't do it. I did it for a year had pretty good success, but it was just not for me. My wife was away from her family, became depressed, and we had a very hard year. Excuse me. But after the year was over, we um, moved back closer to our family. I got another job in security, but this time back in an area which I enjoyed that higher education, I went to Curie at a college. After working that year, my opportunity came open and thankful that someone gave me a chance who really didn't need to and I was able to work in my alma mater. And you know, I had some some really good time at my alma mater. Worked with some really interesting I'll say that you know I've, I've seen all the good, the bad, the ugly from teachers, uh, professors who remember me when I was student, now the way to embarrass me when I came back again. No names needed to students that I had, people that I worked with. They were all a bunch of characters. But I've been working there for about five years. It was coming towards the end of the year, 2010. And Charles Nelson Riley, the late Charles Nelson Riley, had a one-minute show that he put on called um, The Life of Riley, Faded for the Stage. Uh, if you haven't seen that, wonderful. The final performance he performed in 2004 in the final, I guess, group performances were recorded and put out as one that show and you can get the DVD. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if there is or not. But, um, he talks about in the middle of I believe, and if I'm getting this wrong, you'll still get the gist. If I get it wrong, I apologize. Emily Dickinson. Yeah. 
was a living state of Connecticut. So my sister lived in the state of Vermont. Or state of regret, actually. My sister lived in the state of regret. And I knew that if I didn't sometime in the year 2011, get up and at least try in that kind of I would always take my favorite rest. And just hearing that folks scared. So I set a date and I cruised around looking for some open mics and finally came upon one and called. And left a message. And the next day, the owner called me back and re-signed connected. He explained that uh, I need to prepare two to three minutes of material and I need to come up and audition for him one night before we opened mic. And if he thought I was going to do it, he would give me time the next week. And I went and I couldn't find a place and invest my time. But I tried it again the next week. And he liked what I did. He gave me five minutes to follow the week. And in March 2011, first school week of March, I performed stand up comedy for the first time. It went very well. And the next week, he gave me something. That didn't go as well, but. I didn't get that. I kept coming back for a few weeks. Then I started to expand out. Then I started to do other places. Then I started to do other states. And things were just going so well that most of me were saying that part looked at me up. But some parts of me stay down. And I was diagnosed with depression. And I was diagnosed with sleep apnea. The deadly combination. Diagnosed with depression. Sleep apnea became clean. That also doesn't help the depression. In fact, it hinders it. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat has just been shot for about 20 years now. But I go through all that for reasons that I don't get to get. You know, I'm sorry to have marriage problems. And I think this led to a separation. that I take full responsibility for. And I don't ever want to hear or claim otherwise. I'm the reason that my marriage get up. And that's nothing I deal with in a day of day. A few months after that, and partly related to that, and the fact that I couldn't get a thing at my job. I 
fucking different for at least three years, three to four years. We're unable to go to a different area of the tribe like that. That's on my wheel. And then going through everything that I went through, my heart went out. And between that, keeping in my place of not liking me, I was told that my current contract that I was on was going to be all that. But after that, my services were no longer going to need it. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to It's a hard thing to go through. But I was still hanging in there. Hanging in and hanging on. And I've talked about it before, but knowing that you're not coming back and that you're just putting your time in it. Like going in a room, having somebody have an inside joke. They try to explain to you, but you still don't get it. That's how this how a few months work. I was still in the room. I was no longer part of the joke. But I come from a town where people get out and they do their best. And they put in food because that's what it was asking. Regardless of my father, my mother ran a catalog store for 19 years. The company that they worked for gave me Two day notice if they could shut the thing. And I remember what my father did. He was no, he did. He got up and he put in two full days of because that's what you do. So that's what I did. I put in my time. Yeah, like every day, showered, I put on a nice pants and buttoned that shirt. I could even put on the time. Because if you walk along 10 nights, you might as well be. And I did. I was still hanging in there. My responsibility to my, myself and an agreement that I had drawn up with my wife, even though we were separated, kept me in the area when I could have gotten them. Sometimes I wish I had that. Okay. I'm like 2020, I'm like the bitch. So I moved down the road a bit. I might as well have been in there until I just got cut off everything that I had grown to love. That's part of all that. I got another job, but I didn't stay at it long. Because I can't sacrifice my integrity. <laughs> and I knew that I was going to be asked to. 
going in. Told me I'm going to off of work. I had to stop for a short time, but you have to go back six months. And so I had to file it at my former employee who fought the claim. And that, I'm not ashamed to tell you, that hurt. I finally won, but it was a hollow victory. The depression said, even more, you get the calls from the creditors. I got an anxiety attack that ended the problem. More bills. One bright spot. I finally thought I could miss the one. But turns out I had. Whatever it is, she walked away. And I fell apart. My whole life fell apart. No money. No job. Move back again. That's where we're at now. But we've all got problems. But I was told this week by someone I had to accept to care about. They don't think they did And they too walked away. Had a job that put opportunities cash. They job opportunities that put it all into. That was not me. I didn't get that. Once heard though that if you took ten people in a different walk of life and put them all around the fire. And they were told to throw all the troubles into the fire. But they had to draw somebody else's trouble out. But everybody would end up grabbing their own trouble back. And I believe that so I'm not here to whine. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know the future. I just know where I'm at now. I'm not here to complain about my life. I have been black because I'm still here. Even though things change, I'll still be here tomorrow. We all can as if we live forever. And it's just an act to the back of that. Still rejected. My good friend, I will never say a bad thing about him, TJ, the CEO of the Go Radio Network. He gave me this job. He gave me the comedy check Saturday night. I'll forever be grateful. And then in May, he gave me another show, What's Trending Now, which I did up until last week on the network with Joey Stack. And, you know, the other co-founder and co-creator of the network. Then some things change and they've got a trend of shows and what's trending now was one of the shows that they had to trim. And I'll be honest with you, it hurt to lose the show, but I realized 
that it wasn't anything personal. Sometimes business things happen. But I want to leave you with a couple of things now that say, hey, it may seem negative now, but it's not. The first one is the poem If by Rudyard Kipling. It's one of my favorites. If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't feel in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good, nor talk too wide. If you can dream and not make dreams a mess. If you can think, not make balls your aim. If you can meet the triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves, to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your wind and risk it on one turn of pigeon talks and lose and start again at your beginning to never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve you long after they are gone and so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will that to them hold on. If you can talk to crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of just one breath, yours is there and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. That got me through many, many tough times. As well as this, which I read and will be reading from Adam Carolla's uh, book, In 50 Years Will All Be Chicks, is how he ended uh, the original hardcover. He added uh, later sections for his uh, paperback. This is uh, something he had gone through. He had a morning radio show that had taken over for Howard Stern after Howard Stern was serious. And it was Kent for that due to a format change that Mothership faced. Uh, so, that's where we'll pick it up. On that note, I'll leave you with this tip. And this is again from Kiki Uslaw, all the chicks by Adam Crow. And cue the inspiration of music while you're reading it. This is roughly the speech I gave on my final morning radio show in 2009. Since then, I've had two TV pilots, a successful podcast, several appearances on Leno, Dancing with the Stars, Howard Stern, etc., and sold out many live shows across the country. The end of that radio show wasn't the end of the world. In fact, I would have never written this book if I was still doing my morning show. Change feels bad. Change feels bad at the beginning. I just got dumped by my girlfriend. 
This is horrible. I'm moving. This is horrible. I'm going to a new school. This is horrible. I'm starting a new job. This is horrible. Change always feels scary. Why? Because it's unknown, and we're scared of the unknown. That's what freaks us out. We build our world around the known. This is my wife. These are my kids. This is my house. This is my car. This is my office. When that gets interrupted, it scares the shit out of us. But it's usually for the best. When you think about the lives where there is no change, they're the most unmuted. Like the guy who's been a postal carrier for 61 years and lives in the house he grew up in. That's the opposite of change. Lots of change makes for very rich, vivid, and colorful life. Here's the problem. A lot of times you don't get to be the captain of your own change ship. Other people make those decisions. When you make the call, you usually feel good. I want to break up with that guy. I have a higher-paying job I might move on to. The Bay Area is a much nicer place to live, and I'm moving there. But when someone else decides to freak the fuck out, you don't know what to do. But think about all the change that's happened in your life. Is it ever bad? Change is growth. That's how you measure growth. It's the rings in your tree. Sure, it can be bad temporarily. You're out of a job. You're out of your apartment. You're out of your relationship. For six months or a year down the road, you don't think, I wish I still had that job, or I wish I still lived there, or I wish I was still with her. Anyone who's past the age of 25 has had several significant changes happen in their life. They're always met with resistance. But if you have a rearview mirror, you'll look back and realize you're happier and better for that experience. <laughs> That's how it's like to be. Hopefully, from here on out, happy, healthy, and better to be. I hope you join. You're on the comment chat. You can find me on Twitter. I am at the Joey Harris on Facebook.com forward slash Joey H37. Be my friend there, as well as Joey Harris Comedy at gmail.com. You can always drop me a line there. Put in the subject comedy chat or comedy so I know where you're coming from. But till next time. Good night. And God bless you.